Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. 56% of job seekers say their biggest challenge is finding a job that matches their qualifications, according to an Express Employment Professionals Harris Poll survey. The job search can be a lonely process, but Express Employment Professionals can be your one connection to finding a job that fits. Each year, hundreds of thousands of people find work through their local Express office. Find the location near you at ExpressPros.com. With no fees for job seekers, visit ExpressPros.com. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio, live and direct from the city of Angels, where uh, I don't really understand the NBA's scheduling this year. We'll get to that in just a second. We got news from the Minnesota Vikings, why I believe we have seen the last of Sam Bradford as an NFL starting quarterback. Yep, what is that? Last of Sam Bradford. Um, and I'm a Sam Bradford fan. I've been a Sam Bradford defender. We'll get to that. Uh, we have some college football news as we react to the uh, ho-hum poll that was released last night on ESPN. But let's start with the association. Giannis drops 40, but the Cavs drop the Bucks. Um, the Oklahoma City Thunder are below 500, and the New York Knicks won again and are two games better than the Oklahoma City Thunder. Like, ooh, 
addition by subtraction. Hey, who used to play for the Knicks and who now plays for the Thunder? But I don't want to freak out about the NBA. I just, I don't want to freak out about the fact that the Cavs aren't playing nearly as well as you'd think they should because right now they're without two of their five starters. That's 40% of their starting lineup. That's a lot. That's a lot. But what what is important uh, is that we we do realize, we know how this barring massive injury, which is a possibility, is a possibility with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Barring injuries to important positions. And like, look, if you want to trace, why are the Cavs playing better? They don't have Tristan Thompson. They don't have Isaiah Thomas. Those are two of their five best players. Whether or not Tristan's a starter off the bench, whatever they need him, he's their most important defensive player outside of LeBron. But out, but barring injury to one of the stars of the Golden State Warriors, barring injury to one of the litany of big-name players, or God forbid an injury to LeBron James, who was spectacular last night, this is this is like watching Apollo 13. This is like watching Titanic. Who, by the way, Cam Newton, you might want to listen. We all actually know Titanic. The 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 boat sinks, Cam. Anyway, what's interesting about Apollo 13 was not that is not what happened. Like we know Apollo 13, they got back okay. We just didn't know all the things that went wrong or how they fixed it to get back to Earth. We knew that the Titanic sunk. I mean, again, 99.9% of us know Titanic sunk. But what was interesting was the other stories. The, 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 you have big-name actors in both movies. You have interesting side plots and storylines many of which are true. Some are embellished because it's Hollywood. And so even though you knew Titanic sunk, even though you knew Apollo 13, wait, they were okay. For two hours or three hours, you submitted yourself to watching the movie because everything else was super interesting. Which is really what's happening with the NBA. Like, I would love to tell you that the Celtics without Gordon Hayward are going to beat the Cavs. But they're not. Not in the playoffs. Not in seven, seven games. The Raptors aren't. The Wizards aren't. The Knicks aren't. Clearly the Bucks aren't. Granted, they'll get Eric Bledsoe. They might be a little bit better. But they're, they're not beating, they're not beating the, the, the Cleveland Cavaliers, at least not this year. And though... Uh, the Houston Rockets have gotten different and they'll be formidable when they get Chris Paul. Dude, they're not beating the Warriors. The Warriors are healthy. I think the Thunder are going to get better. I think they'll figure out how to play with one another. I think it'll get better defensively. Their shot selection will get better. Russell Westbrook shot poorly last night and shot a ton. Carmelo Anthony shot poorly last night and shot a ton. And they lost to a bad team in the Sacramento Kings, but one that got up for them and one that uh, Zach Randolph showed us some of the Zach Randolph of old and Buddy Heald had 21 points. Like, these things are interesting. These side notes, side stories 
are interesting. Whether it's Titanic with uh, with the the love story with Leo, or some of the interactions between the captain and other people up uh, and his first mate up on the top deck, like th- those things are. We know Ty- again. Cam Newton aside, we all know Titanic sunk. But what did it look like? What did it feel like? What did it smell like? I don't know. Like, did they nail it? Is that exact? Did the did the boat actually go like perpendicular to the water? I mean, I think that's actually what happened. Was the was the uh, the violinist? Were they actually playing as the ship sunk? Like, I don't know. But that's super interesting to me. Just like tonight's. Celtics Laker game, it's kind of interesting to me. I mean, the Celtics are going to win, but how it goes down, how Lonzo plays against Kyrie, how Lonzo plays with his brother getting uh, arrested for shoplifting in China. Um, I don't know. There's lots of, like, the the actual game itself or the 82 games, if you just, you know how it's going to end, okay, it's that's what's kind of different about the NBA to the NFL. Like I, I don't think I have any idea who's going to win the NFL. Do you? I really don't. Um, but but the individual games feel they kind of one kind of runs into the other, and they don't feel as meaningful or as interesting. This year's NBA, we still we know what the answer is. I mean, this is like if you're taking a math test. Remember, you used to have answers in the back of the book. And the teacher's like, show your work. Like, oh, I got to show my work. That's where it's really interesting. Um, I do think that the Cavs, how they've played to their level of competition, tells you all you need to know about their level of motivation. They aren't healthy. They do have new pieces. It is going to be interesting to see if you can get star players to buy into being star role players. I think the Thunder will eventually be better, but let's not kid ourselves. There is something to the fact that the Knicks seem to be having fun moving the ball and playing around Porzingis, and he's better than he was last year. And it's early, and he's worn down both of the past two seasons, but not having Melo and being a better team is about as uh, believable as anything you'll ever read. Yep, that makes sense. Addition by subtraction. But the Knicks, at the end of the day, aren't going to be better than the Thunder, nor are they going to be better than the Cavs. And the Celtics, no matter how many games they win the regular season, nobody thinks they're going to be better in the postseason than the Cleveland Cavaliers. We saw that last year. But the fact that the Celtics, and why do they play the Lakers in no, on like a random November Thursday night? A Wednesday night. Does that seem weird to anybody else? Like Lakers-Celtics is one of the historic rivalries in the NBA, and though no one thought the Lakers were going to be all that good, uh, everybody thought they'd be watchable. That's why they're on ESPN tonight. It feels like this is a game that should be played on a different night, in a different kind of slot, different time of year. And to those of you who want to point out that a Cleveland just lost to the Hawks, arguably the worst team in the NBA. Some of it is the human reaction to players. When we iterate and reiterate how much the NBA season doesn't matter, there's going to be games to which you're like, it doesn't matter. 
a Sunday game in Cleveland when they're worrying about their fantasy team, we're worrying about our fantasy team. It's it's like it's like when you go down and you sit remember when you sit in a class and the teacher would tell you the percentage of your final grade? Like, well, you know, thirty percent of your final grade is based upon your final. Um fifty percent of your grade is based upon all of the uh, all of the work that you turn in and the ten and the tests. Pop quiz makes up like five percent of your grade in total, and there's a pop quiz every week. And then there's some other stuff that end up filling it up to 100%. And so then you get a pop quiz and you blow the pop quiz and the teacher's like, yo, you didn't even pay it. you like, you got one out of 10 right. Like, eh, that's 5% of the grade. It's hard to tell players and for players to be smart and know that each game doesn't really matter all that much. And so they play on a Sunday when everything's covered up by the, by the NFL and don't take it all that seriously for half the game. And the other team comes in headhunting because they have a bunch of star players that they want to show that they're better than. Sometimes it's hard to take it a little seriously. But I do think the NBA is much more interesting in the regular season because of the players, because of the storylines, even if we know what the end, what the, what the end of the story looks like. That Apollo 13 did not explode upon impact, upon uh, re-entry. That the Titanic did end up at the bottom of the ocean. It was like the the Sully Sullenberger movie. Anybody see it? Like, why would I see it? I know how he landed the plane. Like, what about the backstory? Backstory to all the passengers. Backstory to what it was like. What he actually said. All we've heard is what we saw on TV. This is all of the actual details of how it went down, what that day was like. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. But here's what you need to know about the Vikings. They they put uh, Sam Bradford on the IR. Now, when you put a guy in the IR, he has to sit for at least eight games. Eight games in the season, in a 16-game season, that means he's done for the year. And this is fresh off Sam Bradford, who just had his knee cleaned up by Dr. James Andrews. And they found no structural problems, but they did had to clean it up. On the exact same day, at the exact same moment, they activated Teddy Bridgewater, who had his own catastrophic knee injury. And of course, has fought back and rehabbed back, and now he's the backup quarterback to Case Keenum, who's playing some great football. And the Vikings are the favorite to win the NFC North in spite of the fact that Sam Bradford, who's their starting quarterback, has only re- has only played and comp- has only completed one game as their starter. That that's really remarkable stuff. Um it's weird what medical that, like there's just I asked this question of Scott Brooks last week. I asked it of who joined us yesterday? Frank Vogel joined us yesterday, right? Like what is the limit to how many threes you can take in a game. The NBA average right now is 30 threes in a game. And he was like, I don't know, like, look, Houston took 54 a couple of nights ago. So it's obvious that 54 is not the limit. I bring up limits because as much as modern science and medical science has, has improved, it's remarkable. I mean, what happened to Teddy Bridgewater, a catastrophic knee injury in which his, his kneecap dislocated, and everything was shredded. That's the type of injury that you go back to the 80s, maybe even 90s, you never play football ever again. 
mean, Mitch Kupchak, I'm not sure if you guys are aware, Mitch Kupchak, everybody remembers as the now now former general manager of the L.A. Lakers. Mitch Kupchak, once upon a time, was a great player in North Carolina. He was an L.A. Laker, and he had that type of catastrophic knee injury, and he was never the same, could barely play after that. Because they used to have these huge zippers on their knee. So what's interesting is that a catastrophic knee injury, for the most part now, is not a career ender. On the other hand, once you've had two and I just... I feel like that's probably the last we see of Sam Bradford. And here's the reason why. Now, could Bradford be a consummate backup? Yes. But how are you going to make Sam Bradford your starter when he only really started one game and there wasn't any contact that led to his, his knee hurting? And if, if you heard the cut from Mike Zimmer, he's like, well, we thought it was one week, then it was two. Next thing you know, he's out for the year. Like, you can't do that to a start. You can't do that if you're a starting quarterback. He can't sign Sam Bradford and go, like, he's our starter, but he may only play for a week and then have to take five or six weeks off. Like, we just can't do, can't depend on that. You have to be dependable. And as much of the crazy part about it is, as much as science shows us or medical science shows us that Teddy Bridgewater can come back, it also on the same day shows its limitations on a guy who's had two knee injuries. So, um, and the other part that's interesting about it is in this year in which we've seen or been told this is the year of the quarterback in the NFL draft, I know it's been their knees, but isn't it at least interesting to anybody else that the quarterbacks that we were worried about their stature, I remember when Sam Bradford was drafted out of Oklahoma, everybody was worried about his body type. He's so thin. He just, remember he got hurt in college, he bad sprain of the AC joint. Same thing with RG3. He had had uh, an ACL tear going back to college, as had Deshaun Watson, who retore his knee. And, of course, the Sam Bradford tale is the cautionary tale for anybody who thinks that Deshaun Watson's just going to get surgery, come back, and be fine. That didn't happen with Sam Bradford. He tore his, he tore his twice and now has like shrapnel in his knee that he had to have cleaned out yesterday. But the thing that we heard about Bradford, the thing that we heard about RG3, the thing that we heard, frankly, about uh, Teddy Bridgewater is their body type. Like, there's just something about guys that are wiry and lanky and thin that it doesn't stand up to the punishment of the National Football League at the quarterback position. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Uh, He's the longest tenured Ram currently on the Rams roster. How long is that tenure? That's 2010. Remember, there was a time in which, I think it was three years ago, he actually signed with the Raiders. Then they got into uh, like a weight clause deal. Then he re-signed instead back with the Rams, remained as a Ram. Rams move. Raiders are going to move. I guess everybody he wants to play for is going to move. But he's only played for the Rams. So I kind of think he's a perfect. Roger Saffold is a perfect guy to have on to discuss the change in the Rams, which has happened so rapidly in football seasons, but seems to have been slow in its progression in terms of when they tore it down to when they built it up. Roger Saffold joins us in the Doug Gottlieb Show 
Uh, he's allowed only 10 sacks through eight games. The unit, excuse me, the offensive line has allowed only 10 sacks through. Roger, if you had allowed 10 sacks, you wouldn't be on the phone with me. You'd be on, out, of, no, no, out, of, out of a job. <laughs> you, the, the, your, your offensive line's only allowed 10 sacks. That's a huge part of how you guys have been able to be successful. But I was watching Sunday's game, and I was like, wait, last year the Giants were the Rams, and the Rams were the Giants. Last time, Last year you guys were a mess, and the Giants were a playoff team. How has this changed so quickly? Uh, I just think it's a new mentality. Uh, you know, everybody has become completely accountable for one another, and you could just see it working on and off the field. I, I think that we're winning games based on the work we're doing through the week. When when they hired McVay, how long did it, in all honesty, how long did it take you to where you're like, all right, this dude gets it? Because, I mean, he's not much older than you, right? And he comes in, and he's got a ton of energy, I know, and he's like, oh, we do this, we do that. But coaches talk, everybody talks, and it sounds like a good game plan. How long did it take you personally, a really smart guy who's played this league a long time, to think this is going to work? Uh, honestly, it was the first time that I talked to him. Um, you know, I was out of town when everybody first got to meet him, so I, as soon as I got back into town, I got the chance to talk to him. Uh, and I just love the way that he communicates with his players and how everybody's on the same page and how open he is to new ideas, new ways to kind of, you know, produce on the offense and pretty much to just create a team that is, uh, you know, sound completely in offense, defense, and special teams. Um, so for the first time I talked to him, I got excited. Um, after seeing our addition, our new additions, we got even more excited. Um, you know, before they picked up, you know, Whitworth, uh, they, they called and let me know. So I just feel like that's just – uh, huge on their part with communication, and it just—I just knew this was going to be a complete football team. Yeah, that's that's it's on. It's interesting to me um, that they called you because, like, look to me, that sounds like really good management, right? Like they understand that you're a leader, and Whitworth is a leader. We want to clear it with you. We want to get your blessing. That doesn't normally happen in the NFL, does it? No, no, not at all. Not at all. Usually, it's a surprise whenever it happens, and then you know you just hope that you're able to create a good relationship on your way in. And I feel like we were able to create a, a relationship with me and Whitworth before he even came down to uh, to LA. Roger Saffold joining us in the Doug Gottlieb Show. Now, look, uh, some have had a problem with the term owner, but you are in fact an owner of your own team, right? You own a uh, a Call of Duty team, right? Rise Nation. You bought that in 2014. Uh, actually, uh, I created it back in 2014 and, uh, it's expanded to more than just call of duty. Uh, it's expanded to CSGO. Um, it was expanded to overwatch and expanded to, uh, to like street fighter, all these fighting games and things like that. So we basically been growing ever since 2014. Okay. So when you like create a team, like, are you like, how do you find players to play on your team? How does it actually, Roger Saffold join us, by the way, if you don't know, Rogers started 88 of 91 games in his career, played all over the offensive line. And the offensive line is a big part of the story of this Rams turnaround season, but he's an owner of a call of duty team called rise nation co-founded the esports team. Okay. So when you start a team, how do you find players for your team? Uh, well, you know, a lot of times I was playing with guys that were in the, the pro circuit, as is. Um, so we already established a relationship with that circle. Uh, and then it just came down to who wanted to join the team. Uh, we built a good roster. And then the first year, we ended up going to the World Championship, which was which was amazing and a lot of fun actually out here in L.A. So, uh, you know, through doing that, you know, we were able to just continue to grow. And um, I, I think that just the learning experience has put us in a position to, to, to make some great changes in the future. It's crazy. So who's the youngest member of the team? Uh, one of my youngest members is 18. 
<laughs> and uh, you know it's kind of hard going going with the young guys. And then I also have older guys that are you know close to thirty, um, which really just are super mature and just have uh, a great vision of what they want to see happen with their career and uh, with the organization as a whole. So it's it's great. Like who knew you were playing video games at IU and you're a football player and you're like you could turn that into like a post-career or a second job. Like, that, that's the craziest stuff ever. Like, oh, I went to Oklahoma State. I was a basketball player. I remember we'd play NFL uh, – uh, we'd play uh, – what was the um, NFL Blitz? Like, I, man, if they had an eSports team for NFL Blitz, I would be I would be on it. It's crazy to go from, like, college athlete, that's what you do. You hang out and play video games to turning that into, like, a second career. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. You know, it all started off as a hobby, and then immediately, you know, we end up just seeing so much success. Uh, ESPN recognizes eSport as a sport, and that's when all the sponsors start coming in, and that's when the money starts coming in. Yeah, Turner's got Turner's got eSports as well. Um, golf struggled so much last year. Um, I think that the hard knock stuff didn't help him. The offense didn't help him. Not having the weapons, not having the offensive line wasn't. You guys weren't as good last year. Let's just nothing was as good last year. How how difficult was it for him to? kind of gain the respect considering how much he had struggled and how many questions there were about him. How, how hard was it for him to kind of gain that respect to where you guys believed in him? Uh, well, honestly, I think that it's just him tuning out, you know, all of that uh, frustration, you know, failure, difficulty, um, and just going out and trying to be the best player that he can throughout the off season, uh, working with, you know, Coach McVay tirelessly, uh, to the point where he's been able to make great reads um, that, you know, Coach Vey has been able to put him in great situations with great play calling. Um, and I think that just giving him the confidence to be able to sit back there and make a good throw, knowing that he's got protection for himself, has really brought a lot of confidence to him. And even if he doesn't see anything down the field, he's able to, you know, use his legs and he's shown that he's mobile. So all those changes just came over time and it's all been done in the offseason. Last thing, you're an Ohio kid, right? Played in the Midwest in the Big Ten. And, um, and like, look, you've played games in cold weather. But I experienced this yesterday for the first time. Like, I was living in Connecticut for, uh, for 12 of the last 14 years, moved out to Southern California where I grew up uh, about six months ago, and I went back to the cold for one day. It hit me, and I was like, dude, I hate cold. I just, all of a sudden, I just hated it. <laughs> so you've been out here for a year and a half, and I know you spent time going kind of back and forth to other spots. How long did it take you before to where your blood got thin to where you're like, man, I don't even like playing football in the cold anymore? Oh, man, you know, it's 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 kind of changed here and there. But as a as a man over 300 pounds, you know, normally you still get hot no matter <laughs> what climate it is. Uh, so, honestly, I haven't even really felt it as much. And because we're in such hot weather, as you know, it's been over 100 degrees here sometimes. Uh, it's nice to be able to get in those colder games. Yeah, well, you're not going to get one this weekend at the Coliseum. Supposedly going to be a sellout. Take it on the Texans. Fresh off laying 51 on the Giants. Your eyes offensive line is doing a great job. Congrats on the success in eSports as well as on the uh, actual playing field in the National Football League. Roger, thanks so much for joining us, man. Thank you. All right, that's Roger Saffold joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. When I say go to the mattresses, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you need to do some Godfather review. Well, certainly we ought to hear what they have to say. No, no, 
No, no more. Not this time, Consigliere. No more meetings, no more discussions, no more Salazzo tricks. You give him one message, I want Salazzo. Now that's all out war, we go to the Some back. Some of the other families won't sit still. They hand me Salazzo. Your father wouldn't want to hear this. This is business, not personal. They shot my father. Even the shooting of your father was business, not personal, Sonny. Well, then business will have to suffer, all right? And business will have to suffer. It's business, not personal. Go to the mattresses, is going to war. I'm going to bring a chick flick into here. I, I, I'm listening. Um, I'm sorry. Rom-com. Rom-com is like rom-com is really chick flick, right? Romantic comedy. So you got mail. Um, I believe is, is it considered part of the Sleepless in Seattle family? Is it considered a continuation of Sleepless in Seattle? Have to look it up. But it's a pretty good movie. You guys are looking at me like, now that one you've never seen, you'll get a pass for having never seen You've Got Mail if you haven't seen You've Got Mail. But there was this, uh, the uh, Tom Hanks and, um, uh, what's her name? From Sleeps in Seattle with the Meg Ryan. You remember when Meg Ryan was like the hottest uh, girl next door in Hollywood? You have to go back mid-90s to early 2000s like Meg Ryan was the pinup girl next door type. What are you saying, Ryan? No, listen, you can't. You have a microphone in front of you. Hey, she still is, pal. She still. No, is. no, no, no. Yes. She's had some. She's had some facial work That's done. That's fine. Ladies, never have your work your 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 face your work your face worked on. Just don't. Just don't. She looks like an alien, Meg Ryan. She looks like you know what she looks like. Do you remember you'd go to like you still go now if you go to a carnival or fair you have people that make those caricatures you know where you have a huge head and every different like if your nose is big it's made even more bigger if your eyes are big even bigger right you have this little body and this huge head and all these huge features that's what she looks like now meg ryan was beautiful because she was kind of normal looking but in a beautiful sort of way and now she's uh, no don't touch your face ladies don't touch your face anyway I remember this part. They're going, they, what they are is this is back in the, uh, uh, was it AOL Messenger? I think back in the AOL Messenger days. They're flirting on AOL Messenger, even though they're actually business, actually they're two businesses. Tom Hanks owns like a mega bookstore and she owns a bookstore called the bookstore around the corner, a little mom and pop shop that her mother used to run. He's trying to buy up all the bookstores and she's trying to, they didn't, she, they didn't even know that they're business competitors. Meanwhile, they're online lovers. Here's Tom Hanks' advice at the time. The answer to your question is go to the mattresses. Go to the mattresses. You're at war. It's not personal, it's business. It's not personal, it's business. It's business. Recite that to yourself every time you feel you're losing your nerve. Jerry Jones is going to the mattresses. Uh, this from the New York Times. Apparently, he picked up the phone and called the NFL's compensation committee because the NFL's compensation committee was working on the details of Roger Goodell's new contract with the league, getting an extension to a deal that runs uh, through 2018. In addition, he hired this attorney, David Boyce, to go and find the dirt on Roger Goodell. This feels rather personal. Maybe it's just business. Because 
Roger Goodell has done a poor job of handling the NFL flag protest. I mean, it's pretty obvious that Jerry Jones seems to be open to suggestion, right? Like the president picks up the phone, tells him to get these guys to stop kneeling. Then all of a sudden, next thing you know, he's telling his guys to stop kneeling. That this becomes bad leadership, the bad leadership narrative that's that missed that Papa John's CEO or the Papa John's guy says, oh, this is all bad leadership. And of course, he's friends with Jerry Jones and Jerry Jones now wants the poor leadership guy, Roger Goodell out. Like, look, I don't know Roger Goodell personally. You know, I don't think Tom Brady should have been suspended for four games. I have no idea if Ezekiel Elliott hit his ex-girlfriend. It sure seems like there's. Uh, it sure seems like there's a lot of questions in her story, even though he's made to look rightfully really, really bad. If he did hit her, I have no problem with uh, with the suspension. But if she's lying, she's making it up, as Jerry Jones thinks she is, uh, then it is a bit of a miscarriage of justice. But it should be pointed out that while Jerry Jones can claim responsibility for the team or teams in L.A., that was under Roger Goodell's watch. The, the move to put two teams in L.A., the move to put a team in Las Vegas, which will happen with the Raiders, do you know what that's worth to the league? Two, over $2 billion. Roger Goodell got that concussion lawsuit settled for under $1 billion. They're flush with cash playing games in China, playing games in Mexico City, playing games in London, getting a new Thursday night package, then splitting the Thursday night package between NBC and CBS, all while keeping the Thursday night package for the NFL Network, which is owned by the league, thus owned by the owners. Like, from a business standpoint, business is good. The streaming package is ridiculously bountiful. Now, do I think Adele's compensated above his actual value? I do. I do. And you could nickel and dime him. You could grind him to, hey, man, we think the job is worth $5 million. And we could find somebody else to do it for $5 million. $5 million. It's not a 30 a 40 a $20 million job. It's not. But he's going to the mattresses, man. He's going to war over this flag thing, over the ratings, and over, frankly, the Ezekiel thing, which feels kind of personal, which goes against the idea of going to the mattress. It's business. It's not personal. He's not Vito Corleone. Could be that Jerry Jones is really Sonny Corleone. Remember, that's Sonny's voice you're hearing. Sonny was the weaker of the brothers. Sonny was the hothead. Sonny was the one who, sorry, spoiler alert, got shot and killed. That kind of feels like who Jerry Jones is. The owners are like, hey, this ain't personal. It's just business. Business is good. We we keep the commissioner. And Jerry Jones is like, I want to go to the mattresses. I don't care. Uh, business will have to suffer. I want this dude out. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Um, Lakers Celtics on a Wednesday early in November. Like I understand they're still working through how to figure out this new NBA schedule. It seems like a weird day to have this game. Yeah. Well now with the, with ESPN having games on, you know, Wednesday nights though, uh, I like it. I mean, it's a, it's a nice way to spice up, you know, 
uh, what otherwise might be a dead Wednesday night. So I think everybody wants to see if Kyrie really puts Lonzo on skates and um, see if Lonzo's up to the challenge of playing with him. I think, you know, he's got a lot on his mind, obviously, with his brother. Uh, that could contribute to it. So it might be a tough night for Lonzo. Uh, I was um, was thinking about this, uh, Chris. Actually, think about you because you have so many great insights into the NBA. What are people in the NBA saying about Lonzo? Because I'll tell you, like, the guys I know with the Lakers, they're privately a little bit frustrated, a little bit befuddled by Lonzo. They love him as a kid, and they know yeah. he's got a lot of things to work on, but it's the idea of just some days he's so passive, and uh, they have to encourage him. It's not even about a number of shots. It's about trying to make plays. They're a little kind of befuddled by it. What's the league's reaction to Lonzo Ball so far? Let me ask you this, because I'm hearing this from a number of guys, and I wonder if you – I haven't heard it from anybody with the Lakers, but I'm wondering if you have um, – a lot of guys that watch him are telling me they think he's out of shape. I know we heard that in the draft, around the draft, but are you hearing that from people inside the Lakers? No, not as much, not, not as much out of shape. What they, have, what they have said is, like, look, his body needs a lot of work, right? Like – like the, yeah. the things that people are critical about his dad about are about the boasts. What they should be critical about the dad is he didn't put him with somebody who that knows got that, that got right. him in that got him in great shape, but also that refined his skill. He's never done pick and roll. I uh, didn't do pick and roll in high school. Didn't really yeah. do it in college. Uh, the, obviously, they knew they had to fix his shot, but I think they were a little bit maybe surprised by his lack of refinement as a player outside of just the shooting. There's a lot of things he hasn't done. And, like, look, if his, his dad is a former player, should know better. And if he doesn't, he's got to get his hands off and get him with guys that know what they're doing, and he hasn't done that. Yeah, I, in talking to guys, um, I was just talking to one scout about this the other day. He said he thinks, he thinks Lonzo will be fine. You know, he's young. Um, he'll improve. But he thinks his ceiling, or he thinks what he'll end up being, is a, is a good starter. He doesn't think he'll be a core guy, like a part of a big three. Like, if you got a big three, he's not going to be part of it. Um, he thinks he's a good starter. Um, I, You know, I've said before I think he's Jason Kidd, but I've gotten some pushback on that from people around the league who say, man, Kidd was such a competitor. He was so, you know, fiery and, and in-your-face defensively. He wasn't a vocal player, but defensively he got after it offensively he was more aggressive and they think that's a difference right now at least with Lonzo um I think that you saw him at UCLA he is not we're used to the point guards nowadays dribbling a lot dominating the basketball and let's say you get a pass at the three-quarter court an outlet pass most guards nowadays especially are going to push it all the way to the free throw line if not deeper and make a play Lonzo is not. He's in most times he's gonna get it and pass it ahead, and then in the half court he's not gonna dribble a lot. You said it. He does. He's not great in the pick and roll. Looks like he hasn't had a lot of experience in that, which is completely unusual for today's guards, point guards. And so he is a ball mover. I think his great value is and will be kind of culture changing. Uh, that unselfishness, and I do feel like when I look at the Lakers, I do feel like a little of his unselfishness has rubbed off and guys are making extra passes where they might not have before. 
But like, he's a ball mover. He's not going to dribble it a lot, even in the half court. Um, and then I think, finally, his inability to finish, because as you said, his lack of strength. And then the mid-range, just nothing in the mid-range, maybe a little if he's going left. I think that makes him more passive than he naturally is because if, if I penetrate and I know I can't pull up for a little jumper, I'm not going to finish when there's traffic in there, then I'm hesitant. And so I think that also is leading to him being more passive than he probably naturally is. Um, I've heard Markel Fultz is now shooting left-hand jump shots yeah. because his shoulder is so bad. Like, what what is going like? Mark, there was nothing wrong with his shot, and now all of a sudden his shot looks now it's all jacked up. All, yeah, yeah. all jacked up. Was it the injury that led to it being jacked up, or was it jacked up that led to it being hurt? Like what what happened to Markel Fultz? From what I understand, I think it was more the injury. Um, and I've talked to some people, and I thought this too, just watching him. But some some people I trust in the league, long time, you know, talent evaluators. They said they like his game. I mean, obviously the shot is wrecked and you got to fix that. But outside of that, you know, the way he's getting up and down the floor, handling it, you know, the, the energy, the aggressiveness, the guys like that. So I think he'll be fine. It bothers me a little because you wonder where the guy is at mentally uh, when your shot is so, you know, you're changing it all the time. But hopefully for him it is indeed related to the shoulder because if it's an injury causing you to do it, you can overcome it. But if it's in your mind and you're just not sure how you want to shoot it, that to me could be even more problematic going forward. But, you know, look, we know it. They don't need him. I, know, I mean, I know we like big threes nowadays. But if Embiid and Simmons stay healthy, they don't need him to be, you know, a, a typical number one pick star. I mean, if he's pretty good, with those two, I think Philadelphia will be fine. What's amazing is nobody's been talking about the fact Jaleel Okafor played three minutes last night. Three, three, like, isn't, isn't like it incredible. I mean, like, like Simmons is Simmons is everything I thought he'd be, and then some. He's still not a great shooter, yep. but he just he's so he's he's a combo. He's of, a horrible shooter. I got it. He's I mean, a terrible I saw shooter. Him the he's other night. Yeah. Yeah. He you know, look, he's backboard. he's well, he's magic. He's magic when magic first came out. Magic. And Lamar Odom and a little bit of LeBron, like that style of yeah, yeah, that yeah. style of game, a little better defensively than I thought he'd be. And then you have Embiid and and you know JJ Reddick's fit with it. What's amazing about it is the 76ers have won what well, they won five in a row, and they've done so yeah, when, without Markel Fultz, was, without Markel yep. Fultz, and they they don't even play Jalil Okafor, right? Like it's just it's a numbers thing in terms of tanking and getting these picks, and eventually they hit. Chris Broussard joins us. Check out his show Saturday afternoon, Saturday evening, depending on where you are in the country. And, of course, you'll see him on all of our Fox Sports 1 TV shows. Uh, let's let's get to the Boston Celtics. 11 new guys in roster. They lose Gordon Hayward in the first quarter of the first game, and here they are in first place. I, I understand. It's early, and some of these 50-50 games they're going to lose. But it, it sure feels like Kyrie Irving was trying to do it kind of one-on-one, and he's still doing it one-on-one, but it's more waiting for the mismatches that Brad Stevens creates and Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, far further along than we thought. What's your reaction to Boston playing so well so early? Yeah, I I really like them. Now, like everybody else, I thought when Hayward went down, they were in trouble. But obviously Tatum is, you know, he's adjusting a lot quicker than we expected. I I love Jalen Brown. I think Jalen Brown can be a future two-way star 
in this league. Um, obviously, they got the best defense in the league right now. I talked to some people close to Kyrie this morning. They said he is overjoyed to be in Boston. Um, just And not just because he's away from LeBron and all that, but because he's getting to two things. One, he's able to play the way he wants to play. He wanted to be a point guard, handle the ball, run, pick, and roll, and all that. And also, and he kind of alluded to this with a quote a few days ago, he is enjoying the way Brad Stevens coaches. Kind of like you said, you know, finding mismatches and stuff, but just cutting, moving without the ball, um, the, the, the passing that the team is encouraged to do. Um, he's really having a great time. And I think that where it's showing offensively is doing what he's always done. But I think where it's really showing is defensively. He hasn't been bad defensively this year. Uh, I'm not saying he's Patrick Beverly, but the effort's been there. He's the point of attack, and they got the best defense in the league. So I think they're legit. Now I'm still going to go with Cleveland in the East. I think Cleveland is 4-0 against Boston, Milwaukee twice, and Washington. So I think they're showing that when they really want to get up for kind of a big opponent, they can and, and they will. Um, but Boston, I think, is a definitive second-best team, like at the, at the end of the day, second-best team in the league, which I wasn't so sure they were heading into the season. Brad Stevens is tremendous. And you know what's going to be interesting? I mean, if they really go on to have a great year, you know, it'll be interesting to see when Hayward gets back because obviously Tatum and Brown are just going to get better. I mean, maybe they, they go with a really small lineup and, and Hayward's in there with them. Um, but this is a team that probably next year yep. we're talking about them as a real legitimate contender. Yep, which is which was a fit along their timeline, right? That's what yep. that's what that's what they said about Gordon Hayward when they signed him. What they said about Kyrie Irving when they traded for him, and it does make a ton of sense. Chris Broussard joining us. Um, the Knicks have a better record than the Thunder. Can't put everything on Melo, <laughs> but it's fun to put some on Melo. The Thunder have played really well at times, and at times look like it's a, a team take them, right? You take them, I take them. Yep. You know, we, yep. we kind of pass yep. it around. How fixable are these issues with OKC? I think they're fixable. I, I, I think at the I, I said they'd be the second-best team in the West. You know, Houston looks good, obviously. But, I'll you know, I'll stick with that. I think they'll join the Rockets and Spurs near the top of the West before it's all said and done. Um, this is not unprecedented. You know, you got three isolation players, all of whom, except maybe Westbrook, who we call a 1A for all of his career. But Melo and George were, were number one their entire career, used to taking a lot of shots. Um, so I think it's going to be an adjustment. I mean, Miami in 2010, when they first came together, was 9-8. and eight. So this isn't shocking. Um, and what I see is – you know they all have exactly 201 points this year, and they're all taking 17 shots a game. Um, what I see is, like you said, when Melo gets it, it's going up. When George gets it, it's going up. Westbrook has actually shown the most restraint and changed the most. Um, but then I think when they get behind, he kind of takes over at times, which has been good for him, and that's where he gets his shots. But I believe Melo and George – their shots are more wide open than they have had in years. Because think about it. They have been the really that only offensive star on their teams for the past several years. 
And so they were getting doubled even when they were single covered and beat a man. They got the defenses, you know, leaning toward them. So there's always help there. And I think now they're getting open looks. And what do you do when you're a shooter and a scorer for your entire career? When you're open, you shoot it. And that's why I think they're doing taking the quick shots because it's like, man, I'm wide open. The guy's four feet away, and they're putting them up. They're not hitting them at the rate they like. But I think that's why the offense looks so much like it's just guys shooting quickly. Maybe there's also an element, I'm not sure, but of I got to get it up so I, you know, I may not touch it the next couple of times down. So I'm putting it up now. I thought Clay Thompson did that last year with Golden State earlier in the year. He was just putting it up whenever he got it. Um, so I think there's an adjustment. Part of me would like to see a little more offensive sophistication from Donovan. But then again, you're talking about isolation players. I, I don't know how much you can do with those types of guys um, in terms of real, a lot of player and ball movement. But they got to find a happy medium because they're so predictable right now and there's just no fluidity to the offense. Yep. Chris Broussard, great stuff, man. Look, look, this will be a fun night. Timberwolves taking on the Warriors as the nightcap. Of course, you got Lakers and Celtics. You'll see Chris Broussard on Fox Sports 1. Of course, hear him on Fox Sports Radio on the weekends on his own show. Chris, thanks so much for joining us. All right, my man. Uh, Pleasure is totally mine. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection, and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings for the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. 
From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.